I said, hey, ladies and fellas, if you're listening, as a woman of color, it is so hard to find lipsticks and glosses that really pop on my beautiful brown skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When the lipstick is giving lackluster instead of Lil Mama, okay? (laughs) Well, I discovered the most radiant, saturated, and pigmented lipsticks for richer complexions, and I found them at the Lip Bar. The Lip Bar is a black woman-owned and led beauty brand that focuses on providing effortless beauty options for all women, but especially women like us with highly melanated skin. Oh, and did I forget to mention that all Lip Bar products are vegan and cruelty-free? Get into it, friends. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to receive 10% off your first or next order of beauty products at the Lip Bar. Hashtag, you're welcome. And so when you move through the world more sensually, and it's time to have sex, you're going to experience sex through all six of those senses which leaves you more receptive to the over 18 different kinds of orgasms that the human body has to offer. Mm. And that will close the pleasure gap. You are now listening to the Sugar Free Podcast, the premier life advice podcast for millennial women. Welcome to the Tea Party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me girl how you like your tea Up in here we like it sugar free Come through stop by get up with me With your girl sitting back I'm a little crazy Ooh right here with me It's where you wanna be Let's get it sugar free Now tell me girl How you like your tea You know it's sugar free Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast, the life advice podcast for millennial women. Now, I know that I normally have a different energy, but today's episode is all about owning your sexuality and taking control of your sexual prowess. And so I thought I'd show a little bit of my softer side, tap into my sensuality, in honor and in reverence of the topic in today's guest. Are y'all ready? <laughs> yes, I am so ready. Now, that's enough of that, y'all. <laughs> but seriously, though, I am so ready to get into this episode. Now, y'all know this season is all about feeling real good. And I just felt like we really couldn't get into this theme without talking about how to feel real good in the bedroom. Because, ladies, Listen, we deserve, okay? We deserve to feel good in the bedroom, out of the bedroom, and everywhere where we exist. And so to help us flesh out this topic, I invited to the tea party today, Miss Goody Howard. Goody is a rhinologist, a sexologist. She's a MSW, a MPH, and everything else as it relates to sex and sexual health. And I'm so excited to have her here to talk to us about how we can increase our sensuality, take control of our sexuality, and enhance our pleasure. And so Miss Goody is going to give you all that you need. So we don't need a long intro today because I'm going to let her just go on ahead and take over. All right. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about two opportunities to connect with Goody because she is so good. You're going to want to see her again. Goody has two workshops coming up. The first is called The Big O, and it is on September 2nd, 2022, and it is virtual. I'm going to put this in the show notes, but I wanted to call this out too. Then Goody has a live class in Atlanta, Georgia on September 9th, 2022 called Rideology. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go into detail because I feel like the thing speaks for itself. You know what I mean? (laughs) It definitely does. But make sure you tap in and check her out because after today's episode, listen, you're going to want to connect with her again. You're going to want to tap into your pleasure and figure out how you can feel real good. And with that, are you ready? Wonderful. Miss Goody Howard, MSWMPH, please tell the good people who you are and what you do. 
Okay, well, my name is Goody Howard, MSWNPH. I always give my letters because I'm still paying for them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my pronouns are she, her, and boss. Yes. And I don't code switch and I cuss a little bit. Um, I'm a sexologist, educator, and consultant. I've been doing this work almost 17 years, uh, full time for six, and I've been on the internet for four. <laughs> Uh, so people are like, oh my God, I love you. You're so new. No, no pumpkin. I'm an OG actually, but it's, I'm new to people. And so I just kind of ride, ride that with stride. Um, and I have two business models. So I do pleasure development with askgoody.com. And that is the, the, um, I call it assistive tech because sex toys are assistive tech. Um, so I sell sex toys. I teach intimate skill building workshops like oral sex on a vulva, oral sex on a penis, dick writing class, which is called Rideology, which is my premier class that people love. Um, and then I also sell merch. I call it goody gear. So it's like the sex positive conversation starters, funny t-shirt kind of things, uh, tote bags, et cetera. And then I have the professional development, uh, side of my business with wish training solutions and wish stands for whole intimacy and sexual health training solutions, um, where I do professional development for educators, social workers, and healthcare providers around sexual health equity. Um, my answer to diversion, uh, diversity and inclusion is human variance equity, which I'm working to trademark now. And human variance equity is uh, respecting humanity in every way it shows up. Not DNI is more like, hey, mainstream, this is what you need to know about others. And hey, others, welcome to the mainstream. And this is how we tolerate you here. Like, it's very much not walk and talk matching. Um, and so I do that kind of stuff. I also have age appropriate trainings, and they're for the educators. So, K through two, three through five, six through eight, nine through 12, and collegiate. Um, as well as sex through the lifespan, sex, gender, and orientation, things like that. And all of those workshops are connected to the continuing education credits for the licenses needed to perform those professions. So you can get your CEs yes. from coming and taking classes from Goody Howard. Um, I even actually, in the state of Texas, I have been cleared to Pro, uh, provide CEs for my blowjob class for marriage and family therapists because it's all about partner affirmation and intimate communication. So, yeah. Uh, okay, robust <laughs> introduction. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I just sat back and let you go ahead, girl. <laughs> I don't want really to get to get to all of that. So I'll be trying to take advantage. Listen, I, this is the goody hour. I am just here to facilitate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vessel today. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. And I am so grateful for your time. I know your pronouns are she, her boss, right? Time is a commodity. <laughs> time so is more valuable you. than money. And Amen. actually, when I pass away, um, some of my ashes will be turned into diamonds and other the rest will go into a time, um, a um hourglass. Because I always oh, say time is worth more than money. Know that well, thank you for giving us an hour of your time today. I am so incredibly grateful, and I'm so excited to have this conversation mainly because, and I'm a little ashamed to say this, and I don't know, but I feel like sex is still very much a taboo topic to discuss openly. And mm -hmm. I have had trouble like, this is the first time we've covered this topic on the show. <sighs> Yes, <laughs> you are I'm popping heard. our cherry. <laughs> so it's your sexual debut and I am yes. here. Yes, because as I grow in my comfortability and my maturity as a woman, the show grows too. And mm -hmm. so I feel like we could not have season three which is all about feeling real good if we did not address sexual health and wellness. Yes. And I was, so I did a little research. I'm an attorney. I like to bring like some statistics and I know that you are an academic. So please yes. correct me <laughs> if my research is wrong. But according to research, men orgasm three times as much as women during heterosexual partnered sex. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of percentages, roughly 91% of men report that they usually or always reach orgasm as a result of intercourse. Yet only 39% of women say that they usually or always reach orgasm during or as a result of intercourse. And so mm -hmm. this research represents the orgasm gap 
And that gap is 52%. So that means that I'm not going to say that we as women aren't feeling good, but we're not feeling as good as we could. We're not feeling great. We're not feeling great. (laughs) In the bedroom. And so I brought you here to educate us more and to help us feel more comfortable about having the conversations and help us figure out how we can close that orgasm gap. So I want to hear from you, like, why do men more frequently than women in heterosexual relationships experience orgasm? Like, what are we doing wrong? It's not a wrong. It's not a wrong. Okay. And so, and I also want to rename the orgasm gap to the pleasure gap. Ooh. Um, because often we conflate pleasure and sex, right? Pleasure mm. and sex are not the same thing. Mm. You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording and we had a great, an amazing conversation that was pleasurable for me. But it wasn't sexual. You see what I'm saying? So when we separate pleasure and sex, then you have the real conversation about the fact that women don't allow themselves to experience pleasure. Regardless of its sexual pleasure or non-sexual pleasure. Right. And so that that hitch in the giddy up is why it's not showing up physically, because it's not showing up mentally and emotionally. For one. Why is that? Two. Uh, You know, patriarchy, misogyny. Mm. Uh-huh. All the isms and obias, all of it, all of it comes into play to create the perfect storm that is pleasure denial in women. I'm gonna go as far as to say black women, but women in general, especially us, but you know, all women. Um, and so the reason that men, heterosexual men, reach orgasm, you know, 91% of the time is because they are socialized to prioritize their pleasure, their physical pleasure specifically. They're socialized to get theirs. Mm. the global conversation around sexual pleasure is dick shaped Mm. when you have kids you don't talk to your girls about masturbation no no one's talking to their little girls about when they start taking long showers when the when the when the uh electric toothbrush go missing no one has that conversation not the electric when the electric toothbrush come missing (laughs) Or when she asked for a shower head for her birthday. (laughs) Nobody's asking, you know, we're not having those conversations, but you definitely feel obligated to have a conversation with your son Mm. about, you know, it's perfectly natural. It's perfectly normal. But we're not, where are the conversations for the young ladies? So from the moment the doctor says it's a girl, her pleasure gap begins. Mm. I also think it's interesting that in most heterosexual relationships, sex ends after the man orgasms, right? <laughs> so he <laughs> because, like I said, the sexual, the conversation, the global conversation around sexual pleasure is penis shaped. When we watch TV, after he comes, it's over, or they come at the same time. Media tells you that that's when it ends. Even with fellas, right? They get when they have a uh, erectile difficulty, erectile disappointment, they don't even know what to do with themselves because their identity is so wrapped up in their penises. Not even understanding that they can still experience pleasure and orgasm with a flaccid penis. Their partners definitely don't understand that. And so I have a whole less unlearn with me process where we talk about pleasure and a flaccid penis. There's a shame component. They don't even want to have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, sex usually tip in a hetero dynamic. Sex usually ends when the person with the penis uh, comes. And I, like I said, not at my house. But but also we have to understand that the pleasure doesn't end then as well, because we allow it to happen. Mm. At that point, we need to get a lube and a toy and a something and you're going to help me. <laughs> Let's go. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Or 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 you can lay over there if you want to. But I'm going to wet up all your side of the bed. <laughs> Because you play too much. <laughs> Since we playing, I'm a play. You know what I'm saying? So we have to, I think we have to rewrite our own pleasure scripts. And like I keep saying pleasure because pleasure and sex are different. So I teach a workshop called sensual intelligence. And what the workshop is, is drawing the line in the sand between sensuality and sexuality. Mm. Because we conflate those often, right? So my working definition of sensuality is experiencing non-sexual pleasure through all six of the senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, scent, and Mm. feel, Mm. right? And that feel is that emotional component, right? And so when you move through the world more sensually and it's time to have sex, 
you're going to experience sex through all six of those senses, mm. which leaves you more receptive to the over 18 different kinds of orgasms that the human body has to offer. Mm. And that will close the pleasure gap. But because women don't allow ourselves to live sensually, we don't allow ourselves to find joy and pleasure in the minutia. Right? Just the low-hanging fruit. And the thing about it is science and whole shit. Okay, science and whole shit is the name of my book. I own scienceandhoshit.com. There's nothing on it. Don't go wait, look for it. Am I understanding? You said science and ho, right? Ho shit. H-O. Okay, all right, all right. Writing it down. I use science. I use science to explain pleasure. Because we know that it feels good, but we don't know why. Right? And so living sensually and experiencing sex gives you layers it adds layers to that pleasure. So if you're experiencing layered pleasure during sex, you're more likely to experience orgasm, therefore closing the orgasm pleasure gap. Ooh, how, how much is your book? It's not on sale yet because I'm not done. Girl! I, I'm not done. <laughs> but I'm, work, I'm, done. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Trust me. When it's done, but, let me know so I can buy some and do them as giveaways for the listeners. I'm here. I'm trying to go on tour. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, but I, I think that when we talk about sensuality and the non-sexual pleasure of life, because when we think about sexual pleasure, it sounds like something you have to prepare for. It sounds like something you have to make time for. You have to schedule. You need a partner for. You have to go find your toy, buy a toy, get some lube, do whatever. There are steps, right? It's levels to this shit, right? So that sexual pleasure is up here, seems like, for a lot of us. But if we live more sensually, then, okay, I'm, look, I'm, I'm having a, a, a mentally stimulating conversation that's pleasurable for me, mm-hmm. right? I'm in my well-lit home that's pleasurable for me, right? Mm-hmm. The sound of your voice is pleasurable for me, right? Those are the, that's the low-hanging fruit. When you go out to dinner with a friend, you see them, that's sight, mm-hmm. right? Y'all are laughing and talking, that's sound. The food comes out and smells good, that's scent. It looks good. That's sight. You give your friend a hug. That's touch. Mm. Right? So it's about being and more in tune with our bodies. Being present. Right. And because we have so many demands on our time and attention as wives and mothers, which I am neither. I am a parent and a partner. I'm neither. Period. <laughs> but wives and mother is hard. And just yeah. being a woman in general is harder. We, we're expected. We're expected to do more things. Yeah. The example is just I tell my kids. I know what everybody eats. Even if I'm not cooking dinner, if I order dinner, I know what everybody eats, don't eat, how they like they order. If my partner has to order food, everybody order going to be wrong. <laughs> or you gonna take, just pick the pickles off. You'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just a, just a quick illustration of how different it is to be a female versus a male person moving through the world, right? But when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm. science come, and hosting. Come through, science. <laughs> When you look at Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs, okay? Food, water, shelter, pleasure. It's in on parentheses, there. In parentheses, food, water, shelter, pleasure. Hmm. And when you can provide your own pleasure and recognize and connect to and identify your own pleasure, it jumps you up to the top of that pyramid with that self-actualization. Mm. I'm going to have to go look at that pyramid again. <laughs> pleasure is not on there. It's in parentheses. Oh, <laughs> It's in parentheses. That's why I say it. it's in parentheses. Gotcha. It's italicized, right? It's in, it's an asterisk. Um, but it's APA format. Um, <laughs> oh, my nerd joke. I'm so glad that my nerd joke landed. Okay, so. Yes. But, but yeah, like, when we, when we think about what pleasure really looks like for us and allow ourselves to move intentionally with gratitude, you experience all the pleasure differently. Even when I go shopping for clothes, if it feels good on my skin, I'm going to get it in every color. Mm. I walk around in uh, uh, Christmas pajamas all year. <laughs> you know, I have, some, I, have some, I have some Disney villain pajama pants on right now. Because I believe it. Good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, but, we, but it's touch. It's, it's, it's non-sexual pleasure. And so when I get into a sexual space, I'm a sensual being having, ex- having a sexual experience. Mm, I love this. I love this. So I have been stalking your Instagram <laughs> as part of my research. <laughs> I 
And on your Instagram, you talk about the 12 orgasms. Now, uh-huh. some of them like uh, are types of orgasms. So mm-hmm. some of them I'm familiar with, like anal, vaginal, but some that I was less familiar with was a mental orgasm, a kissing mm-hmm. orgasm. And it sounds like it's it's kind of, those are kind of stemming from the sensuality piece that you're talking about now, but girl, I need, I need you to explain to me what a mental orgasm is and a kissing orgasm. Because I feel like I need that in my life. Cause like you said, when we think about sex and sexual pleasure, like it feels like work. Like if I can <laughs> get that level of climactic pleasure from a kiss, I, I need to, I need to get on that. I don't have to take my clothes off. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to, you know, none of that. No, no. And it, so it. that's the thing. When you think about a kiss, if you're if you're having a kiss, a kiss as a sensual being, you're thinking about the pleasure sounds, the exchanging of the same breath, the softness of their lips, the moisture of the mouth, the, the way they hold your body when they're kissing you, like all of these different things, the rhythm, it's like a dance. Mm. So you experience it on so many different levels that it becomes just this amazing experience. And kissing orgasm has actually been renamed oral orgasm um, because it is for the typically for orally fixated people. But it's not hard for non orally fixated people to become fixated in in certain moments. Um, When I teach my blowjob class and my pussy in class, I say, you know, if you have not if you have not reached orgasm from performing oral sex your life is incomplete um really wait 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 and hold i'm here on. Ba- to complete your life ba- back up back up because you, you listen girl you i have not had the confidence yet to enroll in the class but i am i'm about to enroll <laughs> it's so the thing is it's a webinar so nobody else can see you oh i made it webinar format on purpose so no one else can see you so you can learn and live in the comfort of your own home you could ask your questions anonymously in the Q&A box. No one, I don't say names when I answer questions. Like I try, because I know sex is a big thing for a lot of people. I try to make it, I'm as mindful as I can be about building comfort for people around accessing and learning about their pleasure. But when I talk about uh, reaching class. orgasm. Because you just this, said this, I could this. orgasm from performing oral sex. Yes, because what we do, so we talk about Um, so oral sex, like you can reach orgasm from using your mouth. And so you're thinking about, you're not just sucking dick. You're thinking about the firmness of the penis on the softness of the lips and the, 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 the head of the penis fits firmly in the roof of the mouth. And then it goes back to the soft palate against the ridges and, you know, all these different things. And again, paying attention to their pleasure sounds, the way they hold their breath in anticipation of what you're going to do next. And then how their body completely relaxes when you do it. And the fact that you did that. Right. You need to be writing, um, steamy novels <laughs> I am look I am stay in my google drive uh, but and I'm, I'm gonna like audiobook clutching them. my pearls yes but but do you see what I'm saying even yeah. this is a sensual experience it's not a sexual experience you know what I'm saying and so when you're connected in that way to your partner's pleasure you also t- start to experience something called compersion which is experiencing pleasure from someone else's pleasure because mm. now you did that all these everything you feeling in your body i did that i'm i'm excited about the fact that i'm providing this pleasure for you i don't have to suck dick i get to suck dick oh okay this is a this is a reframing of the mind this is therapy it's mindset work for sure and the <laughs> thing of it is is like we also talk about how to incorporate sex toys and assistive tech into your performance so you can be stimulating your own genitals while you're performing oral sex which will absolutely get you to an orgasm while you're performing but over time you may not need that tech over time that pavlovian response that operant conditioning may I'm start to leave might start to lead to an oral <laughs> orgasm all on its own. It's not the whole shit. I'm telling you, people are like, we did not know we would be talking about operant conditioning in an oral sex workshop, but here we are. I'm mind blown. Like I just, I, I like to your point at the beginning of this conversation, right? We as little girls, we never got the conversation. And so I feel like everything that I've learned about sex, I have learned probably in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. like from little boys <laughs> because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like my first partner 
this may be TMI, but I lost my virginity when I was 18. And so my partner was 18. So I learned a lot about what I knew or thought about from that relationship. Mm -hmm. and uh, in terms of sex and then so you you end up inheriting just like the knowledge of what the men in your life you know Mm -hmm. what I mean have taught you but industry standard yeah and most of them don't know nothing about pleasuring a woman nope they don't they barely understand pleasure for themselves because they watching porn they listen to music i'm gonna beat it up i'm gonna knock it out the frame i'm gonna do this and that's why i say pleasure and sex are not the same because a lot of women especially a lot of hetero women they're having sex that they don't enjoy because mm-hmm. they think they're supposed to enjoy it because we're mm-hmm. listening to the same media we're, we're listening to the same song we're watching the same shows we're watching the same movies our ideas of sex have been created in very similar ways this is why i'm an advocate for sex toys uh at an age appropriate level for children not children, but teenagers, you know what I'm saying? I say children because to me, teenagers are kids. I'm 42 years old. Um, but, you know, and, uh, and people think sex toys, they think big old dick shaped vibrators. No, I'm talking about like a little bullet or something. Mm. Because if we go back to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The 16 year old girl that gets a bullet because she's already masturbating in some way, shape or form. We just not talking to her about it. Mm-hmm. We talked to the son already about it when he was 14, when he was 12. We never talked about it to the little girl. Okay. We get her a bullet or she go buy her own bullet, what have you. Now she can provide her own pleasure and she can connect to what pleasure looks like for her. So that when she does start to have partners, she can communicate what pleasure looks like to her, to them. But we will rather let our daughters suffer through bad sex like we did because it builds character. Does it? You see what I'm saying? It doesn't. That's that's it. That's it. That's the correct response. I would rather want my daughter to be able to know what pleasure looks like for her because you're going to make different decisions when it comes to a a relationship. When somebody come around, because now you're going to come, you're going to go with the first person telling you, you cute and you smart and you pretty. But if if she can facilitate her own pleasure, you got to do better than that. Most most relationships when you're 17, 18 years old, the only thing they bring into the table is sex. So if I can bust my own nut, what I need you for? Oh, <laughs> now I can focus on school and get about this house and go to college. Yeah. So you yeah. see what I'm saying? We make different choices. And so I think because we don't talk to girls about sex and everything about your family of origin and everything about the way you were raised shows up in your romantic relationships. I know that a lot of the things that I learned or really didn't learn about Mm -hmm. sex in the home, like stems from the fact that my parents are older. And Mm. so they're two generations removed from me versus most people's parents are one generation removed from them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my parents are the same age as a lot of my friends, grandparents. Mm. And so for them, sex was a taboo topic. We don't talk about sex. Like, I don't think I've ever talked about sex with either of my parents. Mm. Don't, that's inappropriate. That's disrespectful. We don't discuss those topics in front of yeah. our parents. They come and, from a time where people got sent home, got sent down south if they got pregnant and then they came back without a child. They got sent away to be pregnant. And then, you know what I'm saying? They come from that generation where yeah. people was doing it, but you didn't yeah. talk about it. But. And, and, and that's, that's, and again, a lot of that was sa- rooted in safety. A lot of that was, and I say, I say this all the time and I mean, absolutely no disrespect when I say it, but I say tradition is peer pressure from dead people. And because there was a time when those traditions served us, mm-hmm. there was a time when not talking about sex was a safety measure, but it was probably along the time when we were enslaved. But you know what I'm saying? It, it stems from that because we're not far, we're not as far removed from that. Yeah, patriarchy and just, I mean, not talking about sex or pleasure or having sex or pleasure or having sex for pleasure because when we were enslaved, that really wasn't a thing. We was, you know, we were bred and we were, you know, violated and things of that nature. Mm. And so we're not as far removed from that as we'd like to think either. And so the, the, the socialization to not have those conversations that your parents had served them well in that time. But now as we evolve and as times change, Certain traditions no longer serve us. And so you have to reevaluate your traditions and the ones that don't serve you, you either need to replace with traditions that do serve you or you stretch them until they fit. 
you expand those traditions until they fit. And I think with a lot of our parents, whether they were generation removed or not, because my parents were raised by that generation, they were very much in that same box and they were trying to get out, but they didn't know how. And you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. we all kind of still had that stigma because I'm sure you heard, don't bring no babies home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you do. don't bring no babies home. Keep your dress tail down and your head, your head held high. You know what I'm saying? I was, ours was like no sex before marriage. Yeah. I remember I, my parents never told me that, but I heard it from <laughs> other people's parents. <laughs> and that was the, the expect like no sex before marriage. And that's why I, I didn't it. lose my virginity till college because that was like, uh, uh-uh. like I remember going to visit my parents at home for Christmas break, I was 30 years old, had a boyfriend at the time. You two cannot sleep in the same bedroom. Like, even though, you know what I mean? Like they probably know that when we're not here, right? Like that's not, but that's the expectation. Only married people are allowed to share a bedroom, like very, very, very old school. And I think the the problem with that and not talking about it is that it makes it uncomfortable to have these kinds of conversations it it makes it you makes you feel less comfortable about having those conversations with your partner because you know like and and that's what I was going to ask you next like how do we start to build our confidence to start having these conversations right because you talked about the the young 16 year old girl who now has been empowered with this vibrator and so now she don't need the 17 18 year old chucklehead for pleasure because she's figured out how to do it herself mm-hmm. that instills in her such a level of confidence right mm-hmm. like to in herself in her own sexuality in her sexual prowess and in being able to communicate that to a partner like I still struggle of how to communicate my sexual needs and desires to my partner figuring out mm-hmm you know, what is pleasurable for me? Like I'm still learning that as a 30 something year old woman and how to communicate that. And so I think that those, that lack of, like you said, those traditions that we have to unlearn and because we weren't allowed to experience pleasure those hundred something years ago, we developed these rules of safety that we've carried now. And it's preventing Mm -hmm. us in 2022 from having pleasure. Correct. (laughs) And, and I think the biggest part of that is self-pleasure. And I know like sometimes the sex toy is an answer. I just, the sex toy is the answer. And I know that a lot of times, like I said, people think about big dick shaped vibrators. Self-pleasure does not always include insertion Mm. because a lot of times we think, Oh, I don't need that. I got a man. I got this. I got that. Listen, I'm happily married (laughs) and he likes the toys too. They are teammates, not competitors. Yeah. Do you have any that you recommend? What do we need? What, what are Where my pen? Where my pen? The people know I'd be writing stuff down. So I'm trying to find one specifically. I'm gonna put this in the show notes for y'all. Listen, and I and I will um and we will do a a, a discount code too. Yes, please do. I I feel like if it's not accessible, it's not revolutionary, and I consider myself a revolutionary. So listen, I'm. Can you give us a discount code for the classes too? Because I. Slack well, I can't up. discount the classes because the way they're set up, they're via Zoom. And okay. Zoom don't let you discount tickets. Gotcha. But I will do I will discount uh like when I start, I'm doing a tour um for Rhydology and Lick. I'm doing a goodie, a goodie does a goodie does US tour. Um and it starts in July in Dallas. Uh and I'm doing Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Philly, New York, DC, LA, and Orlando. Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> Atlanta is in September. Atlanta is the first week in September. Um, I'll be there. So, so mm. the, the first sex toy I'm going to show you is one that most people have seen. This is the rose. Okay. And most, people, most people don't see the yellow one. Um, I just bought the yellow one from China as a demo just because I wanted it. I love yellow. Um, but the thing about this toy is that it's a clit toy, but every clit sucking toy is also an amazing nipple toy. And I think we get lost in the sauce when it comes to like pleasure. Sex toys do not have an orientation and they can be used on any body part. And the nipples are connected to the same part of the brain as the genitals. So nipple orgasm is absolutely possible. What's this called again? 
This is the rose, but any clit sucking oh, wow. toy can do it. Um, and so um, I like the rose because if you put a little lube, this is the clitoris, the head okay. of the clitoris, because the clitoris is a whole organ in the body. But if you if this, the, the, if this is the head of the clitoris, you take the, put some lube on the clitoris and then you put the rose and you kind of start on the sides and move across the top and just kind of explore the different sensations that you get. You don't just put it right on the tip of the clit because this is the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. This is like a three minute toy. Like you will be sleep in the wet spot <laughs> in three minutes. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Um it's a great partner accessory because if you're on your back on the bed and your legs are over their shoulders, they can put this on the clit while they're stroking. Okay. All right. Valentine's okay. Day. Okay. <laughs> and it's not penis shaped and it's not bigger than they are. It's not. That's so it's less intimidating. Thing. That's the biggest thing when it comes to bringing sex toys in the bedroom with a heterosexual man. It needs to not be at least the initial starter point. After that, honey, you can get into the wands and everything else because once they see what they can do, they're not tripping. But Something like this is small. It's not penis shaped. You know what I'm saying? And so, mm-hmm. and you can use it on them too. Cause honey, you can run your tongue across a nipple and put this on their nipple while they stroking and they're not gonna say nothing. When you get on top, <laughs> you can lo- lay this on a nipple, put one on the nipple and put your mouth on the other one. No one's gonna say anything. There's not okay. a problem. So this is my other question before you get <laughs> into whatever other toys. Mm-hmm. So this has been my issue with using and bringing toys into the bedroom is that Mm -hmm. I have had some partners who are open, but they don't know what in God's name they're doing and whatever they are trying to accomplish with the vibrator is not working. Like half them, I don't think they even know where the clitoris is located and the women's like, how do you communicate to your man, whether it be with a vibrator or whatever that they doing it wrong? It well, ain't, it so ain't doing nothing. this is how you show by doing. I mean, you teach by doing. So you don't let them have it first. Uh, now you can do like, you can just like, you know, be gapped open and be on the bed or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And have a little lube and let them play with it and see what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then once you see what they're going to do with it, then you put your hands on their hands and kind of guide it. Or you put your hand on the toy and kind of show them. And then you okay. react to the pleasure that you're providing so they can see that it feels good to you. You don't have to say nothing. Mm. you know what i'm saying it becomes it comes it becomes team building it becomes intimate partner communication and you know what i'm saying and it takes the the stress off because they have performance anxiety as well they may think well she wants this toy because i'm not enough or this just net so you show them how they work together to please you and what like so this is the clitoris this is what i was saying when i say the clitoris is the whole organ this okay. is the clitoris this is what we see right okay this is the clitoris this the vaginal canal is right here okay okay i'm visualizing so when you when you you know when you're aroused this triples in size really so when you have an orgasm and your whole vulva is thumping it's this wow you see what i'm saying and so most people that have these don't know what this looks like i didn't know I have a shirt and it's, I have a clip and it's dressed like Waldo. Like it's dressed like where's Waldo? <laughs> because no one knows where it is. So don't feel no kind of way. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a t- it becomes team building. And so I think that self-pleasure is the answer to building confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it helps with um, sensuality, connecting to your pleasure script, using lubricant. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if you're a Miss Aquafina Wapity Wap 2022. <laughs> I do not care. That thing hit different with the ceiling fan on. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and I live in Texas. Okay. We keeping the fan on. It, it hits different with the ceiling fan on, but your body's natural moisture is designed to evaporate. And you know, it's because it's water-based. Even mm. water-based lubricant is not designed to evaporate. What, what do you, what which saying? ones do you recommend? I suggest the water-based, oil-based, and silicon, okay? So water-based lubricant is the one I suggest because it is um, the mo- it's condom compatible and it's sex toy compatible, okay? So the water-based lubricant is condom compatible and sex toy compatible, okay. 100%. Silicon-based is compatible with some condoms and some sex toys, but you need to like test a little bit of it on the edge of the condom or on the edge of the sex toy to see what the chemical reaction is going to be. 
And so um, if it's like a bad chemical reaction, what would that look like? It would look like the toy melting. Oh, um, <laughs> like if I was to put on this little yellow rose, if I was to put a little bit of silicone lube on this rose and it didn't cook and it didn't play well, I would have a little yellow on my finger. Um, and so that's why I say water based across the board because you can't go wrong with it. But silicone is best for people that have a lot of allergies because it has the least amount of ingredients. It also is a great slip and it doesn't have to be reapplied as often as water based lubricant. But you can't if you're using sex toys or condoms, I would not suggest it. Silicone is also great for anal sex. Just for the people listening, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. I want y'all to have the safest, most satisfying sex possible. Yes. Um, then we have the oil-based lubricant for my naturalistas. Oil-based lubricant, people are like, oh, coconut oil and olive oil. Absolutely, you can use coconut oil as lubricant. I suggest using fractionated coconut oil, though, because fractionated coconut oil is liquid at room temperature. You know, coconut oil is solid at room temperature. Mm-hmm. And so once that thing cool off, it's going to get back more viscous. And the point of lubricant is to reduce friction. Right. And also oil-based lubricant, it could increase uh, the instance of BV and pH imbalance because it holds bacteria to you uh, in a different way because it stays, it's harder to wash off. Um, and so there's, there's so every, every type of lube has its drawback, but the most universal lube I'm going to say is water-based because you can use it anywhere. Silicon is great for like shower sex and stuff like that. Um, and it's great for anal sex and it doesn't have to be reapplied as often, but it's not sex toy and kind of compatible. An oil-based lubricant will eat up a condom and a toy. Please know that I don't replace sex toys because you use oil-based lubricant. That's not my problem. So uh, most condoms I've noticed come like lubricated with something. They do. They do. Is that... you, sometimes you need a little more. Sometimes you can, I mean, especially depending on how long you're having sex um, or what kind of sex you're having, uh, you may want to use more. My favorite kind of condom is, I love B condoms, which is a Black-owned condom company out of Atlanta, actually. Okay. Put them in the from, from Morehouse graduates. Um, <laughs> of course. Bee condoms is a black-owned company. It's a latex uh, condom, but it's a vegan latex condom. So th- it's missing a piece of the um, the way condoms are created. They're created with a milk protein called casein. And so the bee condoms is missing that milk protein. So it the way it engages with the body is different. Mm. So getting back to the science and ho shit, right? Right. Also, um, <laughs> Uh, Lifestyle Skin, S-K-Y-N, is my favorite condom brand. Um, mm. And it is a polyisoprene condom. And I love it because it's super thin. Um, you can still feel the warmth of your partner's body and every ridge and curve and angle uh, through that condom. And they're harder to break. I've never popped a Lifestyle Skin condom. Like I said, I am married, but we do have uh, sex with a condom most of the time. Mm. Um, because semen ruins a good pH balance, honey. Semen ruins Ooh. it. and Tell uh, the people. <laughs> and I don't want to be, you know, if we have morning sex, I don't want to be leaking all day. He he gets to take a shower and go to work. Why can't I? You know what I'm saying? So it's I a quicker that. cleanup. You know, you get a couple more pumps in, uh, you know, and my pH is not disrupted. Uh, now, occasionally we will, you know, we'll have the good condomless sex. But I, in general, that's my preference because, again, sensuality. I don't want to walk around smelling like SeaWorld because my pH is off. Because <laughs> I love you, that's stupid. That's stupid. I so I have a a question okay. about pH and mm-hmm. what we can do besides uh, using condoms to increase like the freshness of our vagina, like when we're engaging in sexual pleasure. So like fingers, I know a lot of men like to touch the vagina and put their fingers. Is that good or bad for your pH? And then similar question for oral sex. Mm. Do like are both of those things going to throw you off? Because sometimes I'm like, please do not touch my vagina with your dirty hands. Don't do it. I don't listen. And and a lot of times women touch their own vaginas with dirty hands. (laughs) Okay, we want to we want to sell pleasure. And a part of sell pleasure is washing your hands. And uh, you see, I have long fingernails. These are my fingernails. I just have acrylic on top of them. So I have nail brushes. All in every bathroom, in every every sink in my house has a nail brush. Um, using a nail brush, washing your hands with soap um, is important for everyone, but especially if you're touching genitals. Um, also, they want to stick their fingers in and do one of these to oh. hit that G spot. I don't know if people they can, they can't see me right. They uh no. <laughs> okay, well this is recorded, so put this in the social media. Do something with it. But <laughs> you see this. 
Again. This is not it. It's this. You Ooh, see the difference? I'll put this in the <laughs> So story. what I'm doing is it's a wave. So what you want to do is put your fingerprint on that thing, not the tips of your fingers. Mm. Okay, so for, for those of you who are just listening and not watching a social media clip, Goody was like doing a wave with her two fingers. Yeah. Instead of like press- a curve. Yeah, you don't want to curl your fingers up. The tips of your fingers should never touch the inside of a vagina. <clears throat> even for those people with long fingernails, because even my lesbians, honey, are self-pleasure and we are the long-nailed girls, honey. The best way you can like even experience self-pleasure with yourself manually, if you have long fingernails, I say get um, some cotton balls, put them around your fingers, then take some tissue, wrap the tissue around the cotton balls, and then put a condom over that. Mm. That's what I tell my lesbians. Because then you won't have the challenge of your fingernails (coughs) scratching you, because even if they're clean, the scratching is going to be a deterrent to pleasure. Um, And then when we talk about oral sex, the biggest misconception about oral sex, because the mouth is the nastiest part of the body mm-hmm. after your hands, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's not so much of the oral sex. It's what their their diet is. Mm-hmm. And this includes what they smoke. So Ooh. if they smoke cigarettes, your pH is going to be on Leviticus unless <laughs> unless you <laughs> smoke cigarettes, too. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, listen, revelation. Okay. But, <laughs> and I'm a heathen, so I'm going to quit quoting Bible on here, but. Uh, As am I. <laughs> but you got it though. You got The it. Lord so, forgives though. <laughs> but like, so if, if you're not a smoker and they are, um, when you smoke cigarettes or when you smoke anything, it gets into your bloodstream, it gets into your saliva. So you're now laying all that nicotine and those tars and those toxins and those chemicals all across my vulva. Um, so that's going to be a challenge to my pH balance. Um, if you smoke weed, depending on the kind of weed, if it's laced with anything, any of that, that could be a challenge. Hookah. I know colors love us some hookah. <laughs> Listen, you might as well just eat cigarettes because ain't no filters. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the level of nicotine in one of them little bricks, you might as well eat a pack of cigarettes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, so, so that's a thing when you get to like smoking and, 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 you know, alcohol and things like that, that challenges your oral pH, which can challenge your vulva pH. And when it gets to like, you know, sex educators, like, oh, you don't need nothing but water to clean your vulva. People look at us crazy when we say that because they're like, bitch, no ma'am. So, and I get it. So I have a little, you know, I'm an educator at heart. So I have a little, like a little mnemonic device to remember um, if it can grow hair, you can use soap there. Mm. So on the parts of the vulva that can grow hair, even if you don't have no hair there, honey, if you are team Brazilian, if you, or alopecia, you or alopecia, if there, if you are, <laughs> if you are hair free, okay. Below the belt, if it can grow hair, you can use mild soap there. But when you open up the labia that don't put soap in there, now you can still use like something that's designed for vulva care, like um, my girl Lex Sex Doc. She's a sex therapist out of Philly. Um, she has a salt-based vulva scrub that I love. Um, and it's salt-based, not sugar-based. A lot of these are sugar-based. You don't want to put sugar on your vulva because yeast feeds on sugar. Oof. Oof. <laughs> People don't know that. They're like, oh, we're going to use that coarse, you know, the nice coarse beauty level sugar. No, ma'am, yeah. it's still sugar. You're, you're inviting a bad party to happen. Um, I, and I love honey pie. People you know, want us to act funny because they changed up the formula. A uh, black chemist got on all the socials and was like, the, the stuff they changed it to is not what y'all think it is. Like, it's still fine. I love honey pot. Um, and so I'm going to use what works for my vulva. But the thing about, about honey pot is that it still contains colloidal silver, which actually helps the pH stay in balance. Mm. So... You can use like you can use whatever mild soap you'd like as long as you don't experience irritation. But I would say just use it on the part of the vulva that can grow hair. Um, but when it comes to oral sex or digital sex, digital meaning fingers, yes, uh, you know, <laughs> manual sex and things like that, 
just be mindful of how they're cleaning it. Um, and then sexually transmitted allergens are something that we rarely talk about. Um, if like I'm allergic to Bactrim. To who? Bactrim. It's an antibiotic. Okay. Okay. It's the antibiotic that people that are allergic to penicillin get. Okay. I'm or allergic to get- moxicillin. See, so if so, so you would get Bactrim if you had some sort of like, you know, antibiotic need, they would probably give you a Bactrim based antibiotic. My my partner is allergic to penicillin. He gets Bactrim. OK, OK. So and I get penicillin because I'm not, you know, <laughs> so if any time he has like if he has a, a bronchial infection or anything like that, if he's on antibiotics, we're using condoms and we're not having oral sex. Because what goes in comes out. And trace amounts of what goes in your mouth comes out in your semen, your ejaculate, your vaginal wetness. Mm. And so it takes, so it, science and whole shit, once again, it takes the male body three to five days to create a new batch of semen. I mean, a new batch, yeah, a new batch of semen. It takes 90 days to create a new batch of sperm. Sperm carries disease. This, I'm, I'm sorry, semen carries disease. Sperm carries disorder. So the sperm is the little swimmies. The semen yeah. is what the sperm swims in. And we try to conflate those things. They're different though. So whatever he eats is going to come out in that semen batch. Okay. So for three to five days after he's done taking his antibiotics, we are not going to, that's when we stop using condoms because mm. that's when that new batch of semen is there. Mm, that's good to know. So like, let's say similarly, if you have a, a man who smokes, like mm-hmm. should, like if he like maybe only smokes every now and again and not regularly, like mm-hmm. three to five days after the last time he smoked, we, we not going to do oral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's a pretty uh, good gauge. Um, and then like, even like common allergies, like nut allergies, gluten allergies, those are the kinds of things that you may say, oh, I'm allergic to my partner's semen. You are kind of like, if depending mm. on how sensitive you are, that could be one of the things that you're experiencing. But just the general nature of semen is, is to, di- the point of semen is to disrupt the pH balance because it's supposed to break down the mucus in the vaginal canal so that the sperm can get through the cervix and get you pregnant. Mm. that's the nature of that is what sperm semen is designed to do that is so crazy because i don't know if you've ever experienced this but there have been some instances where i'm like i swear my body is allergic to this man (laughs) like is reject like every single time you know we are intimate sexual whatever like my ph is off i feel like i'm getting a yeast infection or something like that and so there is some science to that your body may actually be rejecting Mm -hmm. the juices or whatever of that particular guy now another thing and this is like a little bit off topic but some women feel like if they experience that from their partner like oh he's cheating because you True as fuck. Yes. So the thing is, it, it's, it's, a, it's a yes and, right? Um, so if you're not having condom sex and he's out having condom sex with someone else, it's definitely a bring back situation. Like he's mixing y'all's pH, even if y'all don't have sex the same day. Um, and if he's not washing himself well. So that could be, but it also could be just the nature of the way, the, like, again, what semen is designed to do. It could be a matter of his diet. Like if you're plant-based and he eats meat, um, if you don't drink and he does. Uh, so there are lots of different reasons why your body and your pH could reject uh, in addition to multiple partners. Um, also, there's a the, the length of space between the urethra and the vaginal opening. It's called the vestibule. Okay. Vaginal vestibule. Okay. If you have a shorter vestibule, and or your partner has a thicker penis and it goes in and it stretches, that also shortens that vestibule because you stretched out right there, right? So that's how the urinary tract infections because the juices kind of go up the urethra, which is the urinary tract. So that's how urinary tract infections can be more prevalent depending on the positions y'all are in. If you're just super, super sensitive, um, there are lots of reasons why you can have adverse reactions after sexual activity, um, but condoms are your friend and you'll have less issues if you're using condoms i'm just saying i was about to say my dream i could my body could be literally rejecting my dream man absolutely (laughs) absolutely 
Because I, I don't eat meat. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I'm like, this. that's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, but condoms are your friend. And like I said, you get more, you get a couple more pumps out of a condom. You get a quicker cleanup out of, after a condom. Your pH is intact after a condom. I, I actually have, I have a higher sex drive when we're using condoms because I have confidence in the fact that I'm not going to be smelling crazy. I'm not, my pH is not going to mm-hmm. be all for Because now if, I'm, if we're having non-condom sex, now I need a day or two to get myself together because I'm not feeling confident in the way I smell. I'm not feeling confident in how my body is moving for me right now. You know what I'm saying? So now mm-hmm. we got to wait a couple of days before we can do it again. If we're using condoms, we can do it every day. We can do it a couple times a day because I'm feeling confident in busting it open. Whereas if I bust it open and it don't smell good to me, I'm going to keep it closed. <laughs> <laughs> you know and so I do. Just, there are soft benefits to condom use is all i'm saying <laughs> these sound like firm benefits but <laughs> mm-hmm. people be pushing me back they're yeah. like you may have been using condoms girl yes yeah. and as should you at least occasionally i feel that i feel it. this has been so helpful <laughs> if you include the time before almost an hour and a half does it feel like well, it's been that long listen no. I know. I know. This has been Mm -hmm. so educational. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation and, you know, are opening some doors because I hope Mm -hmm. that by us having the conversation. So for those out there, Goody is degreed. Okay, if y'all didn't hear from her introduction. All right. Like. She is educated and I feel like it's so important for people out there to see educated boss women out there taking ownership and power over their sexuality and engaging in these conversations. Because at the end of the day, we are women first. We're Mm -hmm. black women first and we have sex. (laughs) You do. And it should feel good. And that's the thing. You know, I've had conversations with women that say, oh, it's a 50 50 chance if it feels good or not. Now, Mm -hmm. I've heard people say it's a 50 50 chance if I come or not but not a 50-50 chance it feels good or not. Like that means that you're not connected to your pleasure in a way that you feel safe and confident enough to communicate that you, something your partner is doing that you're not enjoying. And, and it's not their fault. It's your, that's a management issue. That's your fault because you're not navigating your boundaries and communicating. And it doesn't always have to be, I don't like that. What you can do is make more pleasure sounds for the things you do like. Verbalize, oh baby, that feels good. Oh, I love it when you do that. Oh, right there. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. And if they're doing something you don't like, maybe shift your hips a little bit or put them in the right position or like grab their hands or move their face or what have you and take physical control. You don't have to verbally say, don't do that or ow, or I don't like that because masculinity is fragile. And now you got to have a whole conversation because he's pouting. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> speaking specifically to people that are having sex with men um, because everyone isn't. So, I mean, it's when you when you take control of what your pleasure looks like, again, with self-pleasure, you can do that. All self-pleasure does not include insertion. All self-pleasure does not include sex toys. But self-pleasure should include washing your hands and using lubricant, even if it's just your hands, because it's going to give you a smoother ride and it's just a slip that is necessary, increasing the pleasure and reducing the friction. Mm. And once you can make your, you walk different when you can provide your own orgasms, honey. You smile different. You walk different because you know it's a thing. You know now I don't need you. I want you. And then it helps you. That confidence is what helps you communicate to your partner what you like. Love that. That was such a good, that was such a good last. Like I didn't even listen when I tell you that I am literally a vessel. She didn't even need me today. (laughs) (laughs) She did not even need me. I did. I did. I did. (laughs) So before we let you go, we have to do our sugar free quickies and how appropriate that they're called quickies for this episode. So the sugar-free quickies are a series of either or questions and you have to choose one or the other. You cannot choose both or none. <laughs> oh, I have, I'm an Aquarius. I have problems with limits. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to play the game. So we, yeah, we, we got to have limits. <laughs> I, do, I need an adult. I do need an adult. I need a hammer at times. But I'm okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the game correctly. Okay, I'm ready. Wonderful. Okay. So for date night, you doing Netflix and chill? Or a romantic dinner at a nice restaurant? Romantic dinner at a nice restaurant. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling that, especially since you're married. I feel like a lot of the coupled people 
Netflix mm-hmm. and chill? No, because the kids are here. Uh, no, thank you. But we don't do Netflix. We don't do restaurants. We do fashion shows and art shows and and concerts and things like that. So a dinner at a nice restaurant ain't gonna move me for real. But those were my choices. <laughs> See, I chose one, <laughs> and I appreciate you. Okay, so would you rather have sex in the bed or on the couch? On the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer to ride, especially since you are a rideologist or missionary? Right. I, I need to get in this rideology class. I prefer, I prefer doggy style, but we're going to go with ride because that was my choice. <laughs> Listen, because there are two things, riding mm. and oral sex. And so if you are teaching these things to where they are more pleasurable than receiving, this is where I need to be. <laughs> My workshops are from the perspective of increasing pleasure for the giver. A lot of these classes are like, oh, this is how you please your man. Oh, this is how you please your man. No, I don't give a f-. Listen, if it feels good to you, you're going to want to do it more. If it feels good to you, you're going to enjoy it. If it feels good to you, it probably feels good to them too. So why are we going to center them? Like I said, the global conversation is dick shake. We cool on that. Girl, listen, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh two a couple more questions. When do okay. you feel sexier? In lingerie or a hot dress? Hot dress. Ooh, love it. Last question. Favorite sexy time song, or like out of the two, tank when we or usher seduction. Ooh, when we. Yeah. <laughs> now the whole confessions album reminds me of my hell phase but <laughs> good choice i feel like there's <laughs> something about that tank like i i can feel the the sensuality in his voice like i don't know when when it's the bass it's the bass he got that timber with tank <laughs> it's like he, it's like that whoever you with is saying that to you like it's like it's a it's it's directions, honey. I love me some direction. Don't don't play and give me directions. You know what I'm saying? So it's so it's I think it's the that of it. And another thing about increasing confidence in the bedroom, get a song in your head that makes you feel sexy. Mm. Not just sexy, but confident and beautiful and powerful and attractive. Because sex is performance art and every performance Ooh. needs a song. Listen, and an outfit. <laughs> and an outfit. <laughs> maybe some lights <laughs> so I'm, listen, I'm here for it all i'm like <laughs> yeah when you get that song even if you're playing it in the room or you're playing it in your head not only does it make you feel a certain way but then you can perform to the rhythm of the song so now you have a rhythm in your hips you have a rhythm in your pleasure sounds the way you know even if you're performing oral sex you can kind of hum the melody into your partner's genitals and you know what i'm saying like there is it it gives layers again to your performance. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. So we want to connect with you and we want to find you like, where do we, where do we go? What are your socials? Um, well, my name is Goody, G-O-O-D-Y. And everybody asks Goody everything. So I'm Ask Goody everywhere. Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. I don't snap nor chat, but I have Ask Goody on there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Venmo, PayPal, all of the things, right? Uh, I'm Ask Goody on everything. The website uh, for pleasure development is askgoody.com. So I have to ask before I let you go, is Goody your government name? It is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, how appropriate would it have been for the well, Lord to have... Listen. I've been doing it a long time. My, uh, my, my born last name was Gooden. Hmm. And so my first name is now my middle name and people remember me and what we talked about, but they wouldn't remember my first name. And so when I started doing spoken word, I spit under, oh, my goodness. Mm. And people would be like, oh, this is goodness or this is OMG. And then my stage name got a nickname. And so they were like, oh, this is goody. Da, 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 da. And so people started remembering everything. And this was before I started doing the sex stuff. Mm. I just always been the freaky friend. So it was on brand. And <laughs> So I just kind of kept it. And when I decided to start pursuing being a sexuality professional full time, uh, I decided to change my entire name and just move my first name to my middle name. 
And then my married name is my last name, which is Howard. And then Goody is my first name. I love it. Goody with the good, good. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I'm here for it. Listen, thank you so much again for joining us today. Look, I don't know about y'all, but Miss Goody <laughs> here is going to have us all feeling real good for the 99s nine and the 2000s and 2022s, okay? Listen, I cannot wait to get to this mental and kissing orgasm and tap into my sexuality yes. because let's face it, ladies. Sometimes you have energy for the razzle-dazzle and sometimes you have energy for just the conversation. So I need to get into this mental and oral stimulation so that I can tap into all my pleasure in my yes. 30s and beyond. In all seriousness, whatever you're fancy, I just hope that you not only find it, but demand it because we deserve it. We deserve to close this pleasure gap. Okay. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and be sure to check back in next week for another great episode, plenty of real talk, and of course, more of the most exquisite tea. That's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.